Are you looking for an athletic scholarship? You're in the right place. This is the Recruit Me Athletic Scholarship Podcast, the longest-running podcast on recruiting and athletic scholarships. We're here to help your family navigate the recruiting road all the way to an athletic scholarship. He's a recruiting expert and a dad of a D1 athlete and a high school athlete pursuing a scholarship. With a wealth of experience to share, here's Recruit Me CEO, Brent Hanks. Welcome to episode 218 of the Athletic Scholarship Podcast. I'm Brent Hanks, the owner and CEO of Recruit Me. I would like to invite you to go to recruit-me.com and sign up for the free recruiting power pack. It's a great way to kick off your recruiting process. Just like any other project you take on, there is a special language, a list of jargon that is familiar to those inside the project, but foreign to those outside or just getting in. The recruitment project is one that the student-athlete and his or her family get into maybe once, and sometimes it is on time, sometimes it is in a rush. So you may know sports jargon like the intentional walk, or what zone coverage is, or what a pick-and-pop is. But do you know about the evaluation period? or what an NLI is, let's get into some recruiting jargon. Starting with the most basic, what is the definition of recruiting? According to NCAA.org, the NCAA defines recruiting as, quote, any solicitation of a prospective student-athlete or their parents of securing a prospective student-athlete's enrollment and ultimate participation in the institution's intercollegiate athletics program, unquote. Wow, how about... We just say, anytime a college coach shows interest in a player. Here are some more definitions of recruiting terms according to the NCAA. A contact. A contact occurs anytime a college coach says more than hello during a face-to-face contact with a college-bound student-athlete or his or her parents off the college campus. A recruiting calendar. Recruiting calendars help promote the well-being of student-athletes and coaches and ensure competitive equity by defining certain time periods in which, a, in which recruiting may or may not occur in a particular sport. A contact period. During a contact period, a college coach may have face-to-face contact with college-bound student-athletes or their parents. They may watch student-athletes compete and visit their high school. They may write or telephone student-athletes or their parents. Writing includes text, social media, and DMs. An evaluation period. During an evaluation period, a college coach may watch college-bound student-athletes compete, visit their high school, write or telephone a student-athlete or their parents. However, a college coach may not have face-to-face contact with a college-bound student-athlete or their parents off the college's campus during an evaluation period. So yes, on coaches making calls, emails, texts, or DMs. Yes, on college coaches on the college campus. No, on the college coach talking to a student-athlete at an off-campus event. No to a college coach talking to the student-athletes at the school or at the student-athlete's home. Yes, to the college coach watching a recruit at an event or away from their high school. A quiet period. During a quiet period, a college coach may only have face-to-face contact with a college-bound student-athlete or their parents on the college campus. A coach may not watch the student-athletes compete unless a competition occurs on the college campus, or they cannot visit their high school. Coaches may write or telephone college-bound student-athletes or their parents during this time. So yes, on calls, emails, texts, or DMs, 
and yes on watching on-campus events with the student-athlete, and no on talking to or watching student-athletes at an event off-campus or at their high schools. A dead period. During a dead period, a college coach may not have face-to-face contact with a college-bound student-athlete or their parents, and may not watch student-athletes compete or visit their high schools. Coaches may write and telephone student-athletes or their parents during this time. An official visit. Any visit to a college campus by a college-bound student-athlete or his or her parents paid for by the college. The college can pay for transportation to and from the college for the prospect. They can pay for lodging and three meals per day for both the prospect and the parents or the guardians as well as reasonable entertainment expenses, including three tickets to a home sports event. An unofficial visit. Visits that are paid for by the college-bound student-athlete or their parents. The only expenses a college-bound student-athlete may receive from a college during an unofficial visit are three tickets to a home sports event. National Letter of Intent, or NLI. The National Letter of Intent is signed by a college-bound student-athlete when the student-athlete agrees to attend a Division I or Division II college or university for one academic year. Participating institutions agree to provide financial aid for one academic year to the student-athlete as long as the student-athlete is admitted to the school and is eligible for financial aid under the NCAA rules. The NIL is voluntary and not required for a student-athlete to receive financial aid or to participate in sports. A student-athlete who has signed an NLI may request a release form from his or her contract with the school. If a student-athlete signs a national letter of intent with with one school but attends a different school, he or she will lose one full year of eligibility and must complete a full academic year at the new school before being eligible to compete. You can go to nationalletter.org to see more details. The National Letter of Intent applies only to prospective student-athletes who will be entering a four-year institution for the first time as a full-time student. It is permissible for a 4-2-4 transfer student-athlete to sign the National Letter of Intent, provided a previous valid National Letter of Intent does not apply. The terms of the previous NLI are satisfied if the student-athlete graduates from a two-year college. Here are some brief reasons an LNI can be declared null and void. If a student-athlete is denied admission to the school. If the student-athlete has not met NCAA initial eligibility requirements. If the info to the NCAA eligibility center is not completed. A one-year absence. See rules on nationalletter.org. A sport is discontinued. A recruiting rules violation is made. After you sign your national letter of intent, your recruiting is basically done. So there are rules indicating that there's a recruiting ban after signing the NLI. All conferences and institutions are obligated to cease contact with the student-athlete and their family after signing the NLI. The student-athlete and their family will not initiate contact with an athletic staff at other institutions that the NLI won't be signed to. If a coach calls after the student-athlete signs an NLI, the student-athlete just needs to inform that coach that you have signed a National Letter of Intent. So what happens if there's a coaching change? The National Letter of Intent is an agreement with the institution and not with the coach. 
So if the coach leaves the program, the student athlete is still bound by the national letter of intent to that institution. You are not required to sign a national letter of intent, but when you do, you create certainty in the recruiting process. By signing, you get the promise from the institution that you will get an award of financial aid. By signing, the student-athlete ends the recruiting process and contact with all other schools. If a student-athlete is going to walk on, do they sign a letter of intent? No. An institution is strictly prohibited from allowing the student-athlete to sign if you are a non-scholarship walk-on. Simply put, there must be an athletic scholarship for a national letter of intent to be valid. You can find more information on the national letter of intent by going to Twitter at NLinsider. There is no signing period for NCAA Division III, NAIA, or JUCO programs. NAIA and JUCOs have their own versions of the letter, and NCAA Division III recruits often sign a celebratory signing form. They are not considered a binding contract like the NLI. College walk-ons, including preferred, recruiting, and unrecruited walk-ons, do not have to sign a letter of intent. The Signing Period Preset dates by the NCAA to be able to officially sign the NLI. These dates may vary by sport. When you sign your NLI, your recruitment ends and no contacts to other colleges may be made by the student-athlete or their parents and no other contact by other colleges. Listen to episodes 216 and 217 to get more recruiting definitions pertaining to scholarships. That's it for definitions. Let's jump into some fall 2020 COVID recruiting updates. Fall 2020 COVID recruiting updates can be found by combing the NCAA.org, the NAIA.org, and the NJCAA.org websites. Here is a summary. The NCAA suspends in-person recruiting until January 1, 2021 for Division I. Coaches are not allowed to meet face-to-face -face with recruits off-campus or do any in-person scouting. They have encouraged all colleges to stop official and unofficial visits. You can still do non-contact drive-thrus to colleges. Recruiting will not stop completely. Coaches and recruits can still communicate over email, phone, text, and social media, as long as it is allowed by the NCAA rules. The NCAA Division II is still on a normal recruiting calendar that started September 1st. That was updated on September 17th. The NCAA Division III and NAIA have no official updates. It is best to check with the school to see how they are adapting. The JUCOs had an in-person recruiting ban lifted on May 15th. Always ask the coach what the recruiting status is at that time. NCAA Division I coaches can still contact, not face-to-face, -face, a junior in high school starting June 15, 2020. The NCAA Division I cannot hold camps on campus until January 1, 2021. Check with the NCAA Division IIs personally. NCAA Division I's are prohibited from attending sports events until January 1, 2021. NCAA Division IIs are currently able to attend in-person events. The NCAA granted an extra year of eligibility to college athletes that lost the spring 2020 season. The NCAA is also adding a year to fall 2020 students that their teams did not compete 50% of their scheduled season. In-person recruiting is any off-campus contact and in-person scouting. 
What does an extra year of eligibility mean? Normally, a student athlete gets five years to play four years in their sport. The new extra year now gives them six years to play four years. How does the extra year affect the scholarship count? NCA Division I made it where the seniors that stay that extra year will not count toward the max scholarship count. The NCA Division II has not provided additional waivers to expand the max count limit. So no additional scholarships are available right now for Division IIs. Sometimes it depends on the school's ability to fund all the scholarships. So some senior college players may opt out of playing the extra year because of playing time or work or graduation options. Some teams may not offer as many scholarships to incoming freshmen because of the funding of scholarships. ACT and SAT test changes. Student-athletes enrolling in Division I and Division II programs for the 2021-2022 academic year are not required to take a standardized test to meet the NCA initial eligibility requirements. However, many colleges are continuing to require ACT or SAT tests to meet their own admissions guidelines or to be eligible for academic scholarships. SAT tests are still holding tests October 3rd, November 7th, and December 5th. Go to the SAT link in the show notes for more SAT information. ACT tests are holding their testing on October 10th, October 17th, October 24th, and October 25th. Again, go to the ACT link in the show notes for more ACT information. Recheck all the College Athletic Division's websites for recruiting updates. This episode threw a lot of information at you. Make a note of this episode so you can go back and refresh your memory of all the definitions throughout your recruiting process. I mentioned the Recruit-Me.com website and the free recruiting power pack. Your free recruiting power pack includes the first steps to an athletic scholarship. Understand the first four things you need to do right away. Also, when and how to use video. Get the answers in this audio tutorial from Recruit Me. And a player profile resume template. Create your most important recruiting tool with this easy-to-use fillable form. Join me next Tuesday for another information-filled 15-minute podcast. Please share this podcast with another family that's in the recruiting process. I would appreciate the share, and if you are using your favorite podcast app, take a second to give a five-star rating. See you next week on the Athletic Scholarship Podcast.